The Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Good morning, this is the 3CR Spoken Word Program. My name is Di Cousins and today I'm talking to Twee On about her new book, Turbulence. Uh, welcome, Twee. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I'm very excited about your new book. Um, uh, the poetry is, is really beautiful and concise um, and, and there's so much of it too. You've got um, more than 100 poems here. How did you um, come to produce such a strong first collection with so many poems? Have you been writing for a long time? Um, not really, no. I first wrote poetry about 15, 20 years ago, Dime, but not very seriously. It sort of, it was always latent in me, I think, the poetic desire, but for the next you know, 15, 20 years, I was actually working as a uh, freelance literary critic and journalist and editor. So the poetry side of me just sort of languished. And then my marriage broke up and and I also met a man who proved to be a catalyst to uh, getting my poetry restarted. So the combination of a marriage breakdown and the beginning of a very short fling uh, made me take up poetry again and and I sort of haven't really stopped. So it, it, it was there. It just needed something to kickstart it back to life again. Yeah, the catalyst. And that was these really strong emotional experiences that you had. Yes. Now, I'll just um, go to a little bit of bio. You're an arts and literary journalist and you write for The Age, uh, The Saturday Paper, Arts Hub Publishing, and you're the books editor of The Big Issue. So those are really big jobs, but it's a completely different mindset, isn't it, being a literary critic? To being a poet, uh, yes, yes, completely. Yes, because, I mean, to be a literary critic, you have to be very analytical and judgmental and conceptual, whereas I imagine as a poet you're more uh, ex- engaged in experience and sensation and feelings. Yes, I think they both are part of me, though, Di, because as I... I think there's a line in the book that I have the heart of a poet but the head of a critic and these two coexist within me so I can be analytical and rational but I can also give myself up to emotion and feeling. Wonderful. Well, I think um, it's a a marvellous thing to develop all the different sides of oneself Um, and so often people get locked into one or the other but it's a kind of being ambidextrous to, to be able to be both. Yes, I agree. I think a lot of people uh, just pin me down as a critic and this would have surprised a lot of people. I didn't think that I, I would be a poet as well. Mm. But, you know, we're all multifaceted as, as people. Absolutely. So it, it shouldn't be fair to be categorised in one category, you know. Yeah, that's we're right. All different. We all have different skill sets and we're not just limited to the one thing that we're known for. Absolutely. Now, um Tell me, how long did it take you to put together the book, Turbulence? The writing of it was very fast. I think it took, I, I'm not quite sure. The actual writing, it probably took about 18 months. Right. And the, and the process to publication probably took about a year or so. So the whole process by publishing standards die was very fast because uh, I know being in the industry, I know how long it takes to get a book 
written and published. So, you know, um, so, but th- that's how I work. I'm, I'm incredibly efficient. I couldn't stand it to be working on a book for 10 years and then wait another five for it to be published. I just, I wouldn't be able to handle that because I'm always, you know, I'm fast. I'm a sprinter. I'm not a marathon runner. Yes. I need things done quickly. That's why I write poetry and not novels. Yes. Well, you've done, you've done really, really well. Well, let's um, hear one of the poems. Which one would you like to begin with? I'm going to read Away first. Away. I wonder what flavours assail you in the dripping moisture there, the lush green slicing through towers that whip the sky into ribbons. I see you shimmer through waves of coloured smog, sucking on fleshy fruits in snarling traffic, ice slipping down your throat in fluorescent moors, this blood subtropic home of forebears, a taut string that pulls and pulls. Just know I am thinking of you on nights mosquito warm, befuddled by time zones. I wonder... Are you awake or sleeplessly restless like me? This soupy heat that clings tight around your body, these feverish dreams that peak my lungs, this slow, slow clock watch that wakes your turn. And that was a way. Beautiful. It, it's a special thing, you know, the longing for the beloved who is far away, isn't it? You know? Yeah. I wanted to write a collection die that was very universal in themes. You know, you don't. They are this this collection turbulence is obviously confessional and personal and based on my own experiences. But really, I think if you ever loved someone and lost someone, or if they were away from you, you'll get the same sense of of resonance. You don't have to be me to understand what I'm going through, and that's what I wanted the collection to be. Yes, now the themes of love and loss are universal themes, and. Um, mm-hmm. But you you take us with you very eloquently, and um, and I love your imagery. Um, you know the flavors that assail you in the dripping moisture. It sounds like um, somebody maybe in Singapore or somewhere like that. Yeah, that was right. He was in a subtropical um, southeast island right. at the time, so very much like Singapore. Yeah. And the soupy heat that clings tight around your body. There's a very um, parallel feeling between your own longing and perhaps the heat that's there instead of you. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to evoke. Yeah, sense of the clinginess and the, the you know the passion, mm. and yet we're both completely away from each other. So it was very hard. Mm. Yeah. As um, your work is is very personal and intimate, do you have you felt at all that that it was challenging to put it out in the public domain? You know, I probably at first I thought it was very odd because I, you know, as a critic, I am always one point removed from the action. I'm like a witness. I'm never in the frame. I'm always hiding behind the curtains, basically. You know, passing judgment. So to deliberately put myself in the limelight was quite a difficult thing to process. But I think once I overcame that sense of strangeness, I just kind of thought, look, you know, I want it to be an honest collection. And to be honest, I have to put myself out there. I can't pretend that this this happened to someone else because it's in the first person, mostly these poems. and, And really, you know, I'm on record saying that this is about me, so there's pointless being coy about things. 
Yes, and I think and in terms of um, the authenticity of the experience, you know, putting it in the first person tells us that this is real, you know, this is, yeah. and uh, and that's a part of its power, I, f- I feel. Um, so let's let's move on to our next, the next poem. Which one would you like to read? I'm going to read Koi, and this is an important poem for me, and the actual koi is important to, uh, to me as well. Um, for those people who don't know the, know, the cover of um, Turbulence, there are koi, which is this sort of large Japanese carp swimming in front of it. And I deliberately asked the publisher to um, see if I can come up with a koi on the cover, simply because it's a powerful symbol for me, because koi are known for their beauty and their, I think, their sense of luck bringing but also they're known for their perseverance in adversity. They're known to swim upstream uh, in rushing streams and waterfalls until they reach their destination. So there's a tenacity there. They're sort of determined fighters and they don't give up. And that's like another theme in this book. Even though it is called turbulence, there is a sense of, well, I hope anyway, a sense of grit of my not giving up. And hence, hence, hence the koi are a symbol of, of just, just resilience, really. Great. So I'm going to, yeah, but um, that's just the background where people say, why are there, you know, weeds sort of orange fish on the cover of your book? That's why there's a reason. There's not just because they're pretty. Yeah. Okay, this poem is called Koi. A somersaulting fish in the ribcage when I see you turn the corner, briny and reddish gold. Thrashing, it slips high, wanting to vault to reach you. Pearlescent scales shedding disc by half moon disc. It's a very short one, like a lot of my poems. Yes, it's um, it it's it's wonderful the imagery of the fish in the rib cage, which is as I suspect you know the heart turning upside down and yeah, bouncing around. Exactly right. When mm. you just when you your heart goes a little flippity flip. Yep. To me, that's like a somersaulting fish. When you see fish, sort of when they're sort of trying to get food, or they're just happy for some reason, or just thrashing away. Mm. That to me is, is the heart sort of just doing a little weird little somersault in the chest. Absolutely. And pearlescent scales shedding disc by half moon disc. So it's it's it's, it's kind of like, in a sense, its its own body is kind of dissolving in its thrashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I love about poetry. You can you have to think about the imagery, and a lot of my poems are scaffolded by imagery. Die. That's how I write. I usually write. There's there's one or two main image, and then I work around it. Right. And um, what were your influences in um, developing your voice? Well, the short answer, I could take a long time to discuss this, but the short answer was when I went to Melbourne Uni, I did a, uh, an arts degree and one of the courses uh, we studied was 20th century modern poetry and I became enamoured by a group of poets called the Images. Right. And exactly as I was saying, they concentrated on the image. That's that was their main main focus of interest. You know, it wasn't about the politics or about anything else. To them, that was central. And I never really thought about it until you know, years and years later, twenty odd years later, after I graduated, when I started writing poetry myself. And I think that must have fixated in my mind because that's how I ended up writing. Yes. 
yes. like a lot of other poets who take on the environment and identity politics and racism, which is fine because that's what they're interested in. I'm, I'm not. I'm interested in internals, not something that's happening like now. I want to write, that's why I keep writing about love and loss because I think that's something that's always happening to people regardless of what age they're in or who they are, you know, to be male or female or otherwise or whatever race they are, they will always be affected by love and loss and that was my interest. Yes, that is the universal human condition. Okay, we might just um, break and go to some music. This is uh, from uh, Ainaudi's Island Collection. That was a track 
the hidden source from uh, Ludovico Einaudi's Essential Einaudi, The Islands CD. And um, my name is Di Cousins, and I'm talking to Tui On uh, today about her new book, Turbulence. So, uh, Tui, it's um, quite an amazing thing to have been able to put together such uh, densely textured work in, um, as you said, you know, really very quickly. So tell me, what, what poem would you like to read next? I'm going to read a poem called Postmodernism Next Eye. Okay. Postmodernism. Weary of triptych classicism, genesis, hubris, nemesis, I pray for postmodernist flux. Uncertain staff, stretched to infinity, your deconstruction, my reinvention, to exist in that liminal lick of blue flame kerosene sky before it burns into day. So tell me, what is postmodernism, just for anyone who doesn't know? Oh, I think we'll need to get into another... <laughs> another very long conversation. Another very long conversation <laughs> about this. Right. Um, let's just... I'm trying to think about what, how quick way to abbreviate it. Postmodernism, hmm, really. When I say it's it's about when I I pray for postmodern flux, I think that maybe is the best way to describe postmodernism and this poem. Because sometimes um, when I talk about the triptych classicism, there's there's like a trajectory, you know. There's There's three panels and it's always, this is what happens. You meet something or, you know, meet someone or you go through a certain situation, there's a trajectory. Yeah. Postmodern, postmodern flux, can't even say the word properly, is a lot more messier and there's no, there's no barriers and there's no certainty and everything does stretch to infinity. You know, I wanted to start anew, so that's why I was talking about deconstruction and reinvention sorts of ideas and how things should go but I I think this poem I wasn't actually talking about anything or anyone in particular it was just one of uh, a poem that I thought was an ideal you know wouldn't be great I think if we could just clean this slate and just just see how we go without any expectations yes well it's it's I mean we all have this wonderful hope that um, life and art has a three-act structure but no, it doesn't necessarily at all. Um, it, yeah, there, yeah. there is, as you say, it's hard to find the beginnings. It's hard to find the ends. The, the truth is about the flux. That was you know, another really a similar turbulence. Everything is in flux. There is, it's, life is messy. Life is in flux all the time. Yes, very much so. And um, yeah, and you know, as much as you try to grip something it's maybe it's like there's an old saying trying to catch fish with your hands mm-hmm. exactly or, or trying to herd cats mm. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't quite happen it's all very slippery life is slippery so yes. I think this is a general reminder as to me even to just accept things as they are or to hope for things that are you know just and not expect endings and beginnings because life is not like that you just you just keep going don't you yes that's right and and it's extraordinary um how i find just as a personal reflection how little bits of things are always bleeding into different time periods you know from maybe a long time ago or a moment ago but 
there's all these different sort of trace elements appearing and disappearing at different times. Yeah, well, we're you know we are our past, mm. aren't we? Mm. Our past makes us. It's very hard to just lose yourself, and people travel and try and you know, escape themselves, but you bring yourself with you regardless of where you go. Yes, that's right. Um, now, looking at the form of the book, it's got um, uh, four different sections. What was your thinking behind the four different sections of the book? That was just a organic process. I didn't set out to write a book and divide it into four. It just happened that way, really. Great. Okay. Now, um, and I'm just a bit interested, how did you um, end up publishing with the University of Western Australia? How did I do it? Yeah. I approached Terry ann White, the publisher, um, on Twitter, actually. I know. <laughs> I just actually, I just messaged her on Twitter and said, hey, Terry ann I've got this book. Would you like to have a look at it? She said, yes. Well, congratulations on your initiative. So, Tweet, what uh, poem would you like to read next? Hi, Di. I'm going to read another poem called Pillow Book. Great. Don't dilettante like you have a paper cut. We are chapter over in the pages I want to spill crumbs and morning after coffee. As we lie with buttermilk sun sneaking between shutters. There's a library to be collected. It was yet unwritten. Let's start with your spine. I want to read history, then art, followed by the fiction in your eyes, after which those fingers can slip all the way through. Find the right spot. Bookmark me. Wonderful. And I adore there is a library to be collected of what is yet unwritten. Yeah, well, that's another... That's very thin that I really wanted to explore was my love of language and words in general. There's a lot of playfulness in turbulence, you know, amongst all, all the sort of yearning of love and loss and all the rest of it. Another little side theme is, is punctuation, spelling, just language yes. in general. One of the things that I thought was an interesting choice was the fact that you don't have any commas or hyphens at the end of lines. You you do have a capital letter at the start and a full stop at the end of the poem, but uh, mm-hmm. otherwise there, there really isn't any punctuation. No. There's no punctuation except, yeah, as you say, just a capital letter and a full stop, and unless I'm actually talking about punctuation yes. in the poem itself, there isn't. Yes. And uh, that was deliberate as well. All the poems look the same, roughly, mm. because I wanted that flow. Punctuation is a way of us, for us to manage uh, manage prose, you know, to stop and start. And prose, poetry to me is a lot more smooth, or wanted to be smooth anyway. Mm. I didn't want it to be sort of like a stop-start-read read thing. I just want people to read through it without any impediments. Hence, there's no commas in there, really. Yes. And um, are you working on your next collection? Yes, I'm about halfway through, slowly, for me. Great. I think if I wasn't so busy reading and critiquing other people's work, I would have written a few more poems by now. Oh. But I'm about 50 poems into my new collection, which is, uh, at this point anyway, called Decadence. 
Great. And it is, it's sort of like a companion piece to turbulence and it will be far more playful. Turbulence was quite overwrought because it came out in a period of my life when I was very, just, just in so much sort of flux and uncertainty. Just decadence is a little bit more, I wouldn't say I'm more certain, but I'm just, I think I've come over, come out of the other side so there's, a, there's more room for play and, and this time it's far more about my love of language so this will be developed wonderful well i look forward to yeah i look forward to reading decadence and um let's finish up with one more poem what would you like to read oh let me think let me try and find something that is like i'm trying to find something that is probably a little bit more light oh or the turbulence poem Right at the end. Okay. So this poem is actually called Turbulence and it's the very last poem in the collection. And I wanted it to end on this poem deliberately because there's a small note of hope in it and I thought that's always important for mm. a book, well, at least this book, with a, with a title like Turbulence, you know, you, you don't really know how it would end. So I'll, I'll read out Turbulence. Morning, morning, a sky of dirty sheets. Aloft on a green wave, this ladybird on a leaf rides the gutters, a pinprick of red. A fat drop splashes and she flies into dry. Seeing her tiny wings, I defy the clouds and curl and brace into the day. And that does have a great feeling of hope to it, that um, wonderful observation of nature. Um, I also love ladybirds. I mm. just think they're adorable. And I just wanted to use that. And, and they're very small. And you can easily miss them. But if you look at them closely, die, you know, I think it's a thing of beauty. They are very beautiful, yes. And that is a very optimistic ending. Yes. Great. Well, I've been talking to Tui On about her new book, Turbulence, which is published by the University of Western Australia. My name is Di Cousins. Um, this has been the 3CR Spoken Word Program. Thank you very much, Twee, for coming on. Thank you, Di. And um, I look forward to reading your next book. I look forward to finishing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. 